Welcome to the oh, hey there. podcast. We are back. It's uh, slow news off season. We don't have any QB stuff going on. Well, kind of. Tom Brady's probably not coming. Aaron Rodgers is probably staying in Green Bay. Russell staying in Seattle. But the Niners are on Jimmy G watch. The rest of the league is on combine watch. A lot of talent this week. Make sure you are paying attention to everything at Niners Nation. Our guy Jordan Elliott will be in attendance at the combine. Check that out. But as always, who is here with me? Leo Luna. Uh, Leo, what is going on, buddy? How is the baby? We haven't talked about little Leo. How's everything going in the Luna household? Right. So Leo, he's uh, he's doing great. Leo Jr., that is, obviously. I'm not talking in third person. Leo Jr. is doing fantastic. He's about to be three months already uh, in a couple days. So on March 3rd, he'll be three months. Crazy time. Just seeing seeing him grow. And now he's smiling. It's it's uh, it, it's a fun time. It's it's that time where you just look at your baby and you say please stop growing because i want to enjoy this um at, because now i see my daughter who uh who's also <laughs> doing great but she has her mother's attitude and i miss the the younger days with her so um but other than that everything's good um and and you know weather weather could be a little better but it's fine well, buddy, Texas has been really weird. It was 29 degrees for three days, and it was 65 today. It's supposed to be 80 tomorrow, and then go back down. It's just all over the place. Uh, global warming, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. But the 49ers are – well, not all the 49ers are going to be in attendance at the Combine. Kyle Shanahan is elected to not go to the Combine, probably because he hates it, probably because he can do all the work from the office. Um but John Lynch and uh, some of the personnel guys will be in Indianapolis this week to watch the NFL Combine. A lot of talent this week. Um, not super top-heavy of this draft, but a lot of guys in the middle rounds. We all know the 49ers have success of finding guys in the third through fifth round. And this is a draft to do it. It's very, very deep at corner, edge, offensive tackle, uh, center, and guard. So there's plenty of options here for the 49ers. And maybe a little wide receiver action, hopefully. Um, Kyle Shanahan not going to the Combine. What's up with that, Leo? Tinfoil hat. It's obviously Kyle probably doesn't enjoy the whole media that comes along with the combine, but I look at it this way. It's 49ers may not go up to the first round because I would think if you are considering moving up to the first round that Kyle may want that extra time to go see, okay, is ABC worth it to, to move more assets to go back into the first round is is ABC worth it? ABC as being player one, two, or three. Um, so th- that that's one way to look at it. Second way to look at it, I think, is how they do last year. Seemed like last year they did pretty well within the draft. You found Ambry Thomas, who started to play well, especially in the playoffs. He was fantastic. No, no touchdowns allowed in the playoffs for Ambry Thomas, and that was his only fifth start, sixth start in the NFL. Um, so you like the development you saw from there. You like you you had some things that you liked about Diamador Lenore, some things you liked about Talanoa Hufanga. Obviously, we all love Trey Lance. You saw some things you like about Trey Sermon. Um, Elijah Mitchell knocked that one out of the park, and um, Kyle Shanahan wasn't present to to even see him for a pro day. So I think where Kyle Shanahan is here is just where. Okay, maybe if it's not the tinfoil about 49ers aren't moving up in the first round, maybe it's that he just trusts the process based off the data of last year. That's how I'm looking at it, is they were able to to 
find some really, really good players in that draft. That's going to be a big part of this team's future. And there was no combine to do so. So that's how I look at it. Yeah, I'm going to go with the first part. I think Kyle just doesn't want to do, do the media. I think Kyle is over it. I think Kyle would get 100 Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo questions while he's at the combine. But I also think, you know, I think they're taking the Rams approach. The Rams haven't had a first-round pick in years. And you can get a lot of work done from home. You can watch the tape anyways. There's nothing at the combine that is going to show you anything different than you've seen on film. Now, the only other process, the only other thing you get at the combine is the interview process, right? But you got to request your, your you. Not everyone gets an interview with every team, so you're gonna you end up getting those, um, you know, in-house visits anyways. If you want to bring a guy in anyways, have a conversation with him. And we all saw last year's uh, draft process a lot of Zoom calls. So there's there's just ways to do it. So I think I think they can get a lot more work done at the office. They have all the game film anyways. You know how Kyle is. He's uh, he's got to watch the tape. He's going to watch the tape and figure out who it is that he wants. Um, John Lynch will be there, so you you should definitely tune in for John Lynch's press conference. I'm sure he's going to be asked about Jimmy Garoppolo. I am sure he's going to be asked about Trey Lance. Um, and then, of course, what their plan is with some of their free agents, right? Lakin Tomlinson, DJ Jones, Kwaski Tard. There's, there's a lot of questions around this 49ers team who just come off an NFC Championship game loss, but they have a ton of really talented players who are going to be free agents, and those questions are going to be asked. And, of course, this draft is flooded flooded with mid-round talent. So that's just one thing to do here. Now, one thing that I think I think we I think all fans can agree on this quarterback class is not very good. No. Right? And the Niners took a <laughs> took a big risk last year with the selection of Trey Lance. And to me, and up to a whole bunch of people. Trey Lance would be QB1 in this draft, right, Leo? Absolutely he would. I don't think you look at this draft class and say, oh, even think about it for a second. Is he QB1? Absolutely. He's he's also one of the youngest quarterbacks as far as the top quarterbacks in this draft goes anyways. He's 21 years old, and that's something that um, we're not forgetting here. It's Sometimes when you come out in a third year like Trey Lance did, Typically, around this time, you'd be 22, maybe turning 23 in the season. No, this guy's going to turn 22 soon, but he's he's not already there. Um, so he's with the age group of who's there in this combine. Um, you've already had him a year under the system, so that obviously helps. It's not like he's going to have to learn it this offseason. Uh, he was able to see Jimmy Garoppolo go through a fire and what that's like for a quarterback um, because it's – while this team did reach an NFC championship, it wasn't all, you know, gold and silver and rainbows for Jimmy Garoppolo. No, he went through the mud. He went through the mud, especially on social media. Um, so whether Trey Lance saw that himself, you know, the the surrounding cast of Trey Lance saw that, maybe said something in his ear or whatever about what they see on social media. So um, he he's already a year in as a pro, whether he got the 17 game experience or not, like he understands the game behind the game. And when you could already understand the game behind the game, that's when you could just focus about the game and makes things a whole lot easier on your, and and just control what you control as Debo Samuel says in times like these. And he's at like, there's no dual threat to the level of Trey Lance. Like I get Malik Willis, he can run pretty well. He can throw pretty well. 
but I don't think anyone is putting him in the same tier as a Trey Lance. Trey Lance is built better. Trey Lance is able to throw the ball downfield better, um, has a little more zip on his passes as well. So he's the dual threat that there's none in this class. And he he's probably the best pocket passer of what's coming into this draft as well. And the best part about it is because you said this earlier on. This first round, you're not going to find 15 studs. You're, you're not going to find 15 studs in the first round. Uh, you'll probably be lucky to walk out with five players that make a Pro Bowl as either straight up or as an alternate. You'll be lucky with five players in the first round of this draft. So the 49ers moved off of this year's first round pick to go get a Trey Lance. So essentially, how much how much did it hurt them? Where they want to be is going to be in those two to four to five range as far as rounds go. And they're, they may be getting another one of those picks when they trade Jimmy Garoppolo anyways. So it's this scenario. It's so wild how much we were like, what the hell are they doing to? Oh, my God. They were right all along. <laughs> they were right. I uh, I will say my reaction was not what the hell are they doing. I was, thank you for trading all that you did to find a replacement for Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, okay yes. That's thank all. you as in uh, – <laughs> thank you as in as in your team is – your team is three and five, and why isn't Trey starting? I will, I, I guess I'll say it at that. Or yeah, you're really gonna roll with <laughs> Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo to enter the season? Um, I think those qualify as the what the hell are you doing? Not necessarily the trade itself. Yeah, no, I got you. Um, what they got, what they had to trade up to get him, you know, it turned into pick twenty nine for this year's draft. So that looks, I mean, that's just the Dolphins were hoping the Niners would continue on their downward spiral middle of the year. Obviously, the Niners went to the NFC Championship game, so that pick became 29. So, overall, the entire value of it, there could be an argument made, depending on how this all shapes out, that the Niners would have paid less for Trey Lance than the Bears would have paid for Justin Fields. Do the math, look at the picks. Kind of doesn't, it hurts the Bears more than it didn't hurt the Niners because the Niners obviously were a good team. The Trey Lance thing, you know, He's going to be the second. He, if he was going to be drafted this year, he'd be the second youngest quarterback in the draft class. Now, this draft class contains guys like Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Carson Strong, Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis, and Sam Howell. And I wouldn't take any of those guys over Trey Lance. I wouldn't take any of those guys over Mac Jones. And I don't, you know how I feel about Mac Jones. You know, this, this quarterback class is very, very suspect. I got to see Desmond Ritter, Carson Strong, Kenny Pickett at the Senior Bowl. And Malik Willis had a nice showing. At the Senior Bowl, when I got to watch him live, but the other guys, they were very underwhelming. But I think someone is going to convince themselves to reach and take probably one of these guys in the top ten, and the rest will come. You know, the, the rest of the first round, someone's going to end up taking a guy way too early than he needs to, and then you get these bust labels, and it's unfair to the player. But it is what it is. If Trey Lance was in this draft class, he'd be the number one overall pick, hands down. It would be. There, there would be no discussion about it, right? But based on this, this draft class, uh, who's picking first this year? I haven't checked because obviously the Niners finish in a decent place. Um, the, the Jags, the Jags would probably someone would have like the Jags could have got a haul for number one. Detroit maybe with maybe they would go with a quarterback with golf, but Trey Lance would definitely be the overall number one consensus players, the consensus player 
in this draft, and I'm glad the Niners did what they did when they did it. They were smart to do it at the time that they did it because I think they knew that this 2022 drive class was not prime for them to have a replacement for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, and that's ultimately how you looked at the timeline, right? If you get if you could do this trade, do it a year early, get him in now, let him learn the system, and like I said, learning the game behind the game, seeing how the NFL is, um, he's able to do that and not have to worry about starting games, essentially. Um, so when you look at this draft class, it's like it, it's not it's not there. He's essentially he would have been the Trevor Lawrence of this draft class of, OK, he's the consensus number one overall pick. Uh, and we don't expect anything else to be to be selected beyond that. Um, he, so that's what he would have been in this draft class. And like you said, if it was Jaguars again, Jaguars would have got an absolute haul uh, to go ahead and, and trade that because we're assuming they had Trevor Lawrence the year before. So now they're not going to obviously select Trey Lance in this 2022 draft. And why is this a topic for some people like, okay, but he was selected last year. Why are we talking about him this year? Well, one, it's because he only played 10 quarters last year. So, yeah, I think you can kind of put that hand in hand. And two, Trey Lance could have not decided to go in the NFL draft, played another year at North Dakota State, and tried to improve his draft stock that was already at a high level to become the first pick uh, quarterback selected instead of trying to compete for selections with Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson, uh, Justin Fields, a uh, Mac Jones, an agent could have gotten Trey Lance's ear and say, Hey, you're the number one overall pick next year. So don't enter this year. Um, but instead Trey Lance betted on himself and entered last year. Thankfully the 49ers for the 49ers. He did. Um, but that's a realistic scenario. And that's why, we parallel Trey Lance with this draft. It's not necessarily um, that it's, oh, we want to, well, uh, you know, oh, why don't you do that with Justin Fields? Well, it's not the same scenario. Justin Fields played way more than 10 quarters, and there was absolutely no way he was going to play another year at Ohio State. Trey Lance, you can make you can make those comparisons or have those conversations on both parts. That's why we parallel them. And Trey Lance is a Niner. Justin Fields is not. You know, those guys are, you know, that's the conversation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to, um, you know, they the Niners, just, they had to do, they did what they had to do because they knew at some point there was an expiration date in this Jimmy Garoppolo um, trial period or experiment. And clearly it worked to an extent. They got what they needed to get out of it. Two, two NFC Championship games with a limited quarterback. And hopefully Kyle, Kyle Shanahan and Trey Lance can continue on now this it is combine week everyone out there who loves to do their mock drafts i know i'm one of them i've done probably four or five based on some film study and just you know things that i'm hearing and but at 61 it's it's hard to do a mock draft you know based on the needs of this team but i think something that's kind of gone overlooked by me early on in this process is what if the niners need an offensive tackle at 61 and at 61, I'm looking at guys like Darian Kennard out of Kentucky, Daniel Filele out of Minnesota. Those two guys should be there at 61 because we're going to tie this together here. What happens to Mike McGlinchey? Is he back? Can he recover from that quad tear? Because no one's told us the severity of that quad tear. No one's told us anything about 
his progress and his rehab because according to some medical expert, this is a 50-50 thing where a guy comes back and plays well, right? And we all know for most fans, people don't like Mike McGlinchey and they think he's not very good. I, we, me and you disagree with that. I think McGlinchey's an above average right tackle. I don't think he's anything elite, but for what he is, he fits this offense well. But if he's already compromised as a talent before the injury, how does he look after the injury? And would it be smart for the Niners to focus on an offensive tackle at 61? And personally, at 61, if you're going to stay at that spot, Kennard out of Kentucky, and I, I hope I'm not mispronouncing his name, Philele out of Minnesota, seem to be two huge men, but also really good scheme fits for what the 49ers want to run. Absolutely. And we also want to say that we're not promoting cutting Mike McGlinchey. That that would be dumb. Why would that be dumb? Because that's going to be a $10 million cap hit to cut Mike McGlinchey. Two, we're not saying trade Mike McGlinchey because what are you going to get in a trade market for him? This is way too early on to know what his trade market is. Um, and at this point with this injury, Javi just said it. It's a 50-50 to come back to even play. So who's going to give up a, a fourth-round pick for that? Who's going to give up a fifth-round pick for that? To where he's in a contract year making $10 million, and he might not even play this year because it's a 50-50 chance. They even play in their career. We're talking about one year. Um, so I doubt the 49ers are going to get anything enticing. Um, obviously, if if you told me, so, so-and-so is offering a second-round pick for Mike McGlinchey, I'll say, yeah, do that. Not even thinking about it. Um, but that's not the scenario, and that won't be the scenario. What we're talking about is they got to do something. And uh, I guess my pipe dream, that won't happen, but it's my pipe dream, would be Trevor Penning from University of Northern Iowa. That would be my my pipe dream because he's a hell of a run blocker, 6'7", 321 pounds. Mr. Penalties, Trevor Penning. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what he, that he put. His last name starts with a P-E-N. Penalty starts with a P-E-N. Like, you, you see what's happening here, obviously. Um, but it's that's something you may be able to fix when you transition from college to the NFL um from from offense as well uh i the 49ers i i don't really translate it that i don't think it'll necessarily translate too much um in the penalties for an offensive tackle uh i i guess you should have told the broncos and and what's his name bulls bulls and they're they're like leo shut up penalties do translate because it seems like uh bulls their first round pick uh, of the Denver Broncos out of Utah. Seems like th- that dude gets a holding penalty every single freaking game. Uh, but I don't want to talk about the Broncos too much. But yeah, Kennard, I think that would be a huge deal. He's someone who's a hell of a run blocker as well that some teams may even try to view him as a guard because he's 6'5". He's not that 6'7 length. Um, and it's just you got to do something. You got to protect your asset in Trey Lance. You don't want him to go out there and look like a Joe Burrow where Joe Burrow just was sacked the third most out of any quarterback in NFL history. And that affected him a lot in the Super Bowl and a lot in the playoffs. Or go look at Patrick Mahomes the year before, dual threat quarterback. He could run the ball, right? 
we we seen him in the AFC Championship game bust off like a 35-yard touchdown uh the year they beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl. He's a dual threat quarterback. Yet he would he can't overcome an offensive line. So with Trey Lance, you have to set that offensive line. 50-50 of McGlinchey even playing this year. I don't like it. I don't like it because that means you're leaning on Tom Compton. You're paying Trent Williams big money. You're paying Mike McGlinchey $10 million. You're not going to go and pay someone in free agency to play tackle. You're not doing that. So that means if you don't draft a tackle, at least a serviceable tackle at 61, like a Darian Kennard out of Kentucky, you're going to have Trey Lance out there with Tom Compton. We saw what Tom Compton looked like in the playoffs. I don't want that. Trey Lance don't want that. The 49er fans don't want that. So, yes, you need to invest at that 61 pick. Because what does it also do for McGlinchey's future? He's in a contract year. The biggest thing about him is athleticism. We're talking about a quad injury that only 50% of guys even play an NFL snap again. So, could he be back and better? Sure. But I'm not going to put my money on that. It's not as simple as playing roulette, saying bet on black or red. It's not that simple. So with Mike McGlinchey, you have to invest in Trey Lance. You already invested so much. Before the draft, I would still look at free agency as well because obviously that happens first. I would look at a guy like Morgan Moses, right? He's 30 years old, eighth year in the league. He's he's familiar with Kyle Shanahan's offense. That's a guy that could come in and replace Mike McGlinchey if – Mike Lincolnji is not back, right? Because we we all we all know this offseason program starts in April, right? We'll we'll have a better idea what that is. And even still with Morgan Moses, last year he only made he had a base salary one point one million dollars. Would the Niners pay that for Morgan Moses over um you know league minimum Tom Compton? Absolutely, you're gonna get an upgrade there. And if you can get him a little bit higher salary, kind of pay him a little bit more, that makes a whole bunch of sense, especially if McGlinchey is not gonna be able to play. Um, or if there is a team out there who is confident in him to recover and they trade for him, i.e. a Miami Dolphins, right? Mike McDaniels exists in the world. That's a spot there. But I really think, I think 49ers fans should prepare themselves for an offensive tackle selection at 61. Um, the Mike McGlinchey thing is a concern. We all know the offensive line is overall concerned, but the Mike McGlinchey thing I think is the biggest thing there. Now, couple other options for the guys, for those of you who are into the draft. You know, there's Jalen Petrie of Baylor, safety, Arnold Abichetti, edge rusher out of Penn State. So there's other options here that Niners can go with. Um, cornerback, I think I think we'll get into it here in a little bit, but I think corner is another spot that a lot of fans want, to, want the, Niners, the Niners to take. But I think Eric Crocker said it best. You, you, you got first-round corners getting cooked all over the place, right? It doesn't matter where you select. You has got to develop these guys. So... There's plenty of corners in this draft as well. Kobe Bryant, and a guy that comes to mind. You got Wooten out of uh, University of Texas Southern, Texas San Antonio. Uh, you have um, my guy Roger McCurry out of Auburn. So there's a lot of options at 61, 93. This, this, the 49ers should be able to get two starters with pick 61, 93. Like at the very least, those two guys need to start immediately for this 49ers team in 2022. Um, really quick, I want to add something. Yeah, you said Morgan Moses. I did kind of like the Mo- Morgan Moses tandem with Trent Williams because they were two big guys rocking visors uh, as your as your bookend tackles, and it's just 
you know, I think it's pretty, you know, it's, I like seeing offense linemen with some swag. So when those two guys were on the Washington uh, commanders together, they both had those visors on. They looked like, a, you know, a, an offensive line that was ready to do some business. But I wasn't here to talk about that. I was here. What offense was he in last year? New York Jets. Who's the OC there? LaFleur. Where'd he come from? Kyle Shanahan. He's a scheme fit. He's perfect. Just a matter of getting the numbers right and bringing him in. That is a guy I think 49ers fans should keep their eye on in the free agency period. If they don't make that kind of move, then I would really, really be on, you know, my radar is all the way up on all the offensive tackles at 61, whoever's going to be there. Or maybe they move up to right. or grab somebody a little bit earlier because this tackle class is pretty damn good. Um, mm-hmm. You got to protect your investment. That is Trey Lance. You're not paying him yet big money, but you've invested a lot already with the picks that you've made, right? You don't want to give the Miami Dolphins, you know, in 2023, an early round pick because because you couldn't keep Trey Lance upright in 2022. So just think about it. Your truck, your Tundra, do you got that thing as liability or do you have it in full coverage? Full coverage, baby. You know that. Protect the investment. Get full coverage for Trey Lance. Get him, get him a four, formidable offensive line. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, they gotta, they'll, they'll take care of that. Um, Leo, you wanted to get into Lake and Tomlinson. Is he going to walk, man? Um, It's a lot of smoke season. I don't know what to believe sometimes, but I'm just hearing that his market is going to be a little more than what the 49ers have budgeted. Not not what they're willing to pay, just more what they have on their budget to spend because they got to pay Nick Bosa. They got to pay, they got to pay Debo Samuel. They got they got to pay DJ Jones. Oh, and Fred, and excuse me, George Kittle has a cap hit that increases by $11 million. Eric Ar- Armstead's cap hit increases as well. So it's not that you're just paying other guys that are already on cheap deals. You have cheap deals that are now becoming expensive. Uh, I don't know if they budgeted for Lincoln Tomlinson to be a 10 to 12 to 14 million dollar guard but that's what his market seems like it's going to be so i wanted to ask you do you trust an aaron banks daniel Prenskill left right guard combo in this offense i would trust a aaron banks at left guard yes call me crazy whatever but he would be playing against the best left tackle playing next to the best left tackle in football so that's going to help him. If Alex Mack is back, and I, you know, we all know Alex Mack was he was good. At, you know, he had he had a good season, but you you keep a, a player like him surrounded with high level veteran talent. Um, that's going to help mask some of his deficiencies, right? He's going to be able to learn next to Trent, able to learn next to Mack. Then what you worried about is what we've all been worried about is that right side. Now, do you bring back Brunskill? I don't know. Part of me feels like. Maybe you go with Colt McKivitz at right guard, right? That's another guy you drafted and you've been developing. You've been working to get him there. Jalen Moore still exists. He's more intended to play guard in the NFL than he is tackle. Can he play right guard, right? And if you go with a guy like Kennard, you have a really young right side of the offensive line. But again, this roster has to churn. It's going to need to churn. It's been five years under Kyle Shanahan. You're going to see a lot of roster churn. That's why... I am not tied to any player on the 49ers roster except for Fred Warner. Sorry, that's just me personally. 
um, they're going to turn this roster, and you're going to start seeing that younger talent in there on the offensive line. We know Kyle Shanahan does not like to pay guards. I think Lakin Tomlinson is going to see a very, very big market from teams that fit his scheme, fit his talents. Cincinnati comes to mind. You don't think Cincinnati want to pay him big money to protect Joe Burrow? Very true. Very true. You, you, there's plenty of options here for Lake and Thomas. He can go anywhere and get paid. What about the Jets? The Jets, you don't think the Jets would pay him? Right? They have the money. The Niners we are just up against about the scheme. The Niners are up against it against with the cap, even when you trade or cut Jimmy Garoppolo, right? You still have to restructure Eric Armstead. You're probably gonna extend Jimmy Ward. Um, I think both those things will be done here in the next couple weeks, literally before the season starts. I think Eric Armstead's going to have his uh, contract restructured. You're going to want him as a 10-year niner anyways. Might as well get that done. And I think you see Jimmy Ward get a two-year extension. And then you have him as a 10-year niner. So you add him, add Armstead and Jimmy Ward to the 10-year wall in, in the 49ers building. Right? And then maybe, maybe you do do something with George Kittle's money. Figure that out. Right, we're not trading him, as what Twitter is talking about, because you can't trade a guy who has a huge cap hit like that. But yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely do trust Aaron Banks, the left guard. It's just a matter of who's going to play center, and then obviously on the right side, can you get Jalen Moore or McKivitz ready to play the position at right guard? And I think they can. Do you trust Aaron Banks more so at left guard? over right guard because of that Trent Williams factor. Yeah, and he played that in college. He's more into, he was a left guard in college. Play him at his yep. natural position. You know, I, I love the whole, yeah, we can just move this guy to this position and that position. Listen, this is not Madden. Your footwork is completely different on different on the offensive line. If you put a guy where he's familiar next to a Hall of Fame talent, you should be able to see this guy thrive. Right? And you from those of us who've been paying attention, Aaron Banks looks a lot slimmer than he was when he got drafted. You can kind of tell the Niners asked him to lose some weight because that was an issue at training camp. He had a hard time getting to the second level. Hopefully he's a little more fleet of foot, gets to the second level, and you might ask him to run more gap scheme next year with a Trey Lance, with a Trey Sermon, right? What does Raheem Mostert bring if he's back next year too? So there's going to be other ways around this kid for him to develop. Now, obviously, pass blocking is going to be a big one, but hopefully Kyle Shanahan devises a pretty decent scheme to where you know, the Niners don't have to worry about these seven, eight-man fronts anymore because there's a passer back there that threatens the field at every corner. So you have a lot, you know, that's going to help your offense. Everything, it's all connected. Football is complementary, right? If you don't, if you have a quarterback who's going to threaten you down the field, you're going to see a lot less loaded boxes. You're going to see a lot more running lanes available for your running game. So it's going to open up a whole bunch of more stuff. I'm excited about what this offense is going to look like, but it's just a matter of these young guys like an Aaron Banks and Jalen Moore taking the next steps. What about a Colton McKivitz who you invested in a fifth-round pick? Maybe he becomes something at the right guard position. And then what do you do at right tackle with McGlinchey? Do you draft his replacement in a Canard or Flele? Or do you go pay a Morgan Moses? You know, have him there for a couple years and then think about it down the road to draft another right tackle. So there's just a lot of options. There's a lot of ways this team can go at the offensive line. And then, of course, center. We have to figure that out, too. Through the draft, you do have some. So if you do want to have insurance at the guard, uh, there's a guy you interviewed on the Fourth and Gold podcast and Cold Strange. There, there's an opportunity to you know draft him in in possibly third round. Uh, 
There's a guy like Dylan Parham, who I like out of Memphis, 6'3", 285. There's an the opportunity to draft him in the second round. Um, so there is some insurance there. If the 49ers don't decide to go take tackle, say maybe at 61, they do want to take a Dylan Parham instead because they want to go pay pay Morgan Moses and hope to have Mike McGinchy available at some point in the season, whether it's week one, five, eight, or 10. Doesn't matter. Um, maybe that's just who they want at tackle. And I, I couldn't argue that too much, especially if his health is there. Um, but I it I find it very concerning if you do if you open week one with brunt skill not necessarily banks you invest in the second round pick with the guy if he's at left guard right guard um i do believe he is talented enough to fit an offense to with trey lance uh run a little more gap scheme to where you're you're not asking him to necessarily get out to the edge so much um that's that's where i would trust with aaron banks um, and his development there with Daniel Brunskill is just, you know, it, it's cool to to say about the whole he's Aaron Donald's dad. It's cool when he plays well, but more often than not, you're probably going to get a game where he's missing an assignment, missing a block, and it may not all be on him, but at the end of the day, who's the common denominator and it looks like Daniel Brunskill is a lot of that common denominator. Um, so it's just, I think they knew, do need to upgrade that guard position. Um, hopefully, I my dream scenario is that some somehow Lincoln Tomlinson fits in the cap, and we have Aaron Banks at right guard. That's the dream scenario. But like <laughs> I said, I don't know if it's going to fit with what they've already had budgeted. And it seems like when Prague sometimes is – He's not willing to adjust his budget, and that's why we saw a guy like DeForest Buckner traded. Um, so with Brunskill, he had, he had multiple games uh, with with two pressures, three pressures. He had a six-pressure game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, so it was just – it's time. It's time you need an upgrade at that right guard position. Um, it, it's That right guard has been bad. That right side has been bad in pass pro for – couple years now it was also their achilles heel in the super bowl against the kansas city chiefs um it wasn't all mike person there was also some communication issues but it's just they need something more and i think that more has to be someone other than daniel brunskill now if he's the guy there i'm not gonna go settle for a tom compton though to start at right guard i'm not gonna settle for that at that point i'll say yes start daniel brunskill but would I trust it throughout the season? I don't think I could say I would trust it week one. Obviously, he can prove me wrong, Daniel Brunskill, and say, hey, Leo, like, shut shut the hell up. This I'm going to ball out this year. It's a contract year. Then cool, whatever. Um, but it's not a thing I would, I'd walk in week one and be like, damn, our offensive line is solidified with those guards. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. Um, so it's a lot of questions on the offensive line. You're going to need to protect your investment, Trey Lance. Um, so it's something to monitor and watch free agency and in the draft process. So, again, names to remember, Darian Kennard out of Kentucky, Minnesota's tackle, Daniel Filele, and then, of course, free agency, Morgan Moses. Those guys are all scheme fits and would be ideal for this 49ers offense going forward. Leo, it's time for buy, lease, or sell. What do you got for me this week, buddy? 
So, uh, man, we need we need like a little drop, like a like radio a thing, beat or something, do, 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 or, or just like a little radio, whatever it is. I sounded like a turkey. It's fine. Um, combine. We expect this quarterback talk to heat up, right? This is when the GMs are going to meet with the agents. The agents are going to meet with the GMs, and the GMs are going to meet with the GMs, and they're going to get a little closer on this thing. So, buy, as in you're fully invested into this question, lease it, you're 50-50, not too sure, or walk off the lot. That meaning you're not taking it, you're not happy, you're not satisfied. Jimmy Garoppolo has moved within three days after the combine. Within three days after the combine, Jimmy Garoppolo will have a new home. And that means three days after, that's before the league new year, but also right in that in-between phase. I've been pegging March 10th as the date that Jimmy Garoppolo trade gets announced, and I'm going to stick with that. March 10th, deal gets announced. Now, what team that is, I have no idea. The compensation, I have no idea. But, yes, the combine is where a lot of business gets done. Um, Okay, so we're going four days, four days, four days. Well, I mean. Within four days. Yeah, I mean, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is three, and then Thursday morning we all wake up, or Twitter account. Jimmy Garoppolo has been traded to X team for X uh, compensation, right? So we'll, we'll all wake up to that Schefter tweet and Ian Rapper going nuts, and then Fortnite's Twitter is in a frenzy. Oh my God, why did you trade him? What are we doing? Blah blah. blah. It's you know you have that conversation. Um, I don't think the market is as hot as the Niners anticipated. I don't think that Fortnite's fans should expect the first round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think. As a result of the Wentz trade and the Darnold trade, teams are very, very, very cautious of trading a lot of assets for guys who are mid. You can I can just say mid. They're guys that are just mid, uh, you know, and sending a whole bunch of stuff for them. So teams that keep popping up, the Steelers, Washington, Carolina, New Orleans, right? Can they can they send these assets for a player like Jimmy Garoppolo? Um yeah, they can. Should they? Probably not. But there is a certain level of winning that these teams are, are going to try to maintain, especially the Steelers. So can Jimmy Garoppolo help them get 9-10 wins? Yeah, I mean, look at the pass charts. Look at the statistics between Ben Roethlisberger last year and Jimmy Garoppolo last year. They're basically the same player um, for the most part. So maybe they do do something like that. But I, I, I don't expect to see the Niners get more than, as, as t- today saying this, I don't think the Niners get more than a third-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo for 2022. They may also add an additional pick, like you get a third-rounder for 2022. And depending on how well Jimmy Garoppolo plays or if Jimmy Garoppolo stays healthy enough for a certain amount of snaps, the Niners get a compensatory pick. I'm sorry, a conditional pick in 2023, you know, something in the second round. or Because if Jimmy's healthy on a decent team like the Steelers, that pick is probably the back end of the second round. The Niners would take that all day, right? So you're looking at like pick 60, 60 to 64. So that's going to be kind of where those picks would, would land up, end up if, if that's the case for Pittsburgh. Um, but yeah, March 10th is the date that I'm marking it, and I'm absolutely buying the Jimmy Garoppolo deal is done three days or four days after the combine. And keep in mind, uh, a third-round pick in this year's draft, plus a conditional – is not the worst thing because this year's draft is loaded. You could get a stud 
in the third round, it's all up to you if he fits your scheme and you're able to develop him. And the Niners would have three um, third-round picks if that's the case. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, so if they even wanted to move up in the second round, they, they have the capital to do that. Um, but there there is 21 unrestricted free agents on the team, so they may to just be happy with staying put to keep all those. I, I think they would be up to 10 picks at that point. Um, got it. You're buying. You're buying – um, let me get you over to finance really quick. <laughs> Next, I'm not sure if any of you have heard the Richard Sherman podcast. If you haven't, take a listen. The cornerback market is going to be interesting because you know how people see see Gilmore. You know, Gilly is has, has been fantastic over the of you know over his entire career. Um, and I look forward to seeing what market he ends up with. I expect him to go West Coast and you know either Seattle or San Francisco to scoop him up. There it is. So that's my next question. Richard Sherman expects Stephon Gilmore to go west. Either the 49ers or the Seattle Seahawks. The other guys, I like to call them. Avi, are you going to buy it? Am I going to walk you over to finance? Are you going to lease it to where I'm still going to walk you over to finance, but you're 50-50 on it? Or are you just walking off the lot completely and going to the Dodge Ram dealership here that Richard Sherman expects Stefan Gilmore to go West. Uh, first of all, I won't, I won't buy a Dodge. Okay. <laughs> Secondly, don't, don't do that to my I'm car. Just playing. Don't I'm do just that playing. to my Laramie. Don't do that to my Laramie. Uh, I'm leasing this. Um, the reason I'm leasing this is because Gilmore's at a point in his career where he wants to win, right? The Niners are built to win right now. Their their roster's strong. Um, can Kyle Shanahan and Trey Lance, you know, get to a 10 win, 11 win mark? Potentially, right? It's all about how they work together. Um, Seattle's up in the air. Like, what happens to Russell Wilson? If you trade Russell Wilson, who's the quarterback in Seattle? Would Gilmore want to go to Seattle with no Russell Wilson? So if those are if those are Gilmore's two options, Seattle or San Francisco, it's all going to be dependent on Russell Wilson's decision, I think, right? So if Russell's not there, I think Gilmore's a niner. If Russell is there, I think Gilmore would go to Seattle with the proven quarterback, right? And you have a secondary of 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 a Jamal Adams, who we all know can cover to save his life, but they they have talent on the defense still to make some things happen. You add Gilmore there, it's going to help out a guy like Adams instead of having who they had last year at corner, right? So there, you know, those things are going to come into play. Now with Gilmore, the thing with the Niners, if he was going to be in San Francisco, what's his cost, right? According to SpotTrack, his market value is like $14.5 million a year. Are the Niners willing to pay $14.5 million a year for an aging corner who had recent injury history? I don't know. That's why I have to lease this one. There's, there's too many variables with Gilmore. Do I think he's a great corner? Or I'm sorry, do I think he was a great corner? Yes. Keyword was. We don't know what he is anymore. How has he recovered from the injury from Carolina? How is he how much is he going to cost for San Francisco? Can they even afford him based on what we just got done talking about? Lake and Thompson might need get, might be back. Right? DJ Jones might be back. You still got to figure out your safe position. If McGlinchey isn't healthy, then you might be paying a free agent right tackle, right? If Alex Mack doesn't come back, are you going to go after Ryan Jensen at center? 
Like these, there's a value thing here going on with the corner position. Um, this is a lease situation for me, and I'm I'm not against bringing him in, Gilmore, because he's I think he's a good corner. But I I'd, I'd be better off, and people are gonna hate me for saying this. If Jason Verrett can just get back healthy off an ACL, I would just rather roll with Mosley, Ambry, and I'm not a biggest fan of Ambry. Your depth player with Lenore, right? Draft another guy like a Roger McCreary out of Auburn. Maybe the kid from Oregon. Um, I just had it up. I was looking at it. I'm drawing it. Michael blank. Wright. Yeah. There we go. Mikhail Wright. Yeah, Mikhail Wright out of, out of Oregon. Um, you know, those are guys you might want to look at. And you, you can get them in the third or fourth round. Like, those are guys you can, you can, you can build around. You want to have a younger roster because eventually – if Trey Lance is who he, who you think he is, you're going to have to pay him at the end of his third year, going into his fourth year, right? So those things come into play. There's just a lot of roster construction elements here with, a, you know, doing something with Gilmore. Now, if he comes cheap, 10, 11 million, okay, we can have a conversation. But for right now, it's a lease situation for me. So what I got of that is you called him a little er, a little older in his career, um, on the back end of his career, for sure. Uh, so, kind of like a used car scenario. You can't really lease these used cars. So, you have to give me a yes. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, it, it's how much do you pay him? How many years do you pay him? That's going to be the scenario there um, with the 49ers and Stephon Gilmore. I even thought about it. It's if you have Stephon Gilmore, as well as with Emmanuel Mosley and Ambry Thomas. This is something I thought about. It's if that happens, who plays the nickel? Does does Emmanuel go to nickel w- once they're once they're in that defense playing with three corners? Does Ambry go into nickel? Because I thought Emmanuel, since he did have some experience, now it seems like a couple of years ago where he played nickel. Um, but I just thought about what this team did with Carl- Carlos Rogers back in the Harbaugh days. Is where you know you want your best corners are out on the field at all both times. Um, so whether it's with two corners or three corners, you want your three best corners on the field when you're a nickel. And the, they did that by putting Carlos Rogers into that nickel scenario, even though he was the starting two on the outside. So do they do that with the E-man? We, we don't know um, because Gilmore is not even a 49er at this point, but it's something I, I find interesting in looking for it. Last segment. By leasing, walking off the lot. I will be in San Antonio at the end of the month, which is about 45 minutes from the Javier Vega household. What's up, man? Am I going to see you at the end of the month here? Are you buying leasing <laughs> or are you just going to just be too bougie and walk off the lot on me? Like, what's going on? Are you going to are you going to say come back with the co-signer? Like, what's going on here? Leo, I'm going to try and meet you in San Antonio. It all depends on work and schedule, but I think we are wow, 95%. You're putting responsibilities before me. You're putting responsibilities we're, we're, before me. We are 95% a go to go to San Antonio. You know what? Sometimes I've, I've said this was a 95% chance to win on a roulette table, and I've lost. This better not be one of those oh scenarios. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm just saying, like I, I will, I will throw a fit. I will throw a tantrum. I'll protest a couple shows, but then I'll come back like nothing ever happened. 
<laughs> I will do my best, buddy. I I will. I promise. Uh, Put in the PTO now. Yeah, I, it's not that easy, bro. You're only running a car dealership. You act like it's that hard when you're flipping eighty cars a day. I it's yeah. Today like, was come a big on. one. End of the month. <laughs> Uh, business is usual. I hear you. I'm in sales. I'm in sales as well, so I'll actually be out there for the AOTA conference, uh, speaking with plenty of therapists out there running their own practice, um, potentially, you know, selling some software. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see what happens. Actually, let's all see what happens this week. The combine is here. Uh, glad it's back. You know, COVID took a lot of stuff away from us last year, and you know, pre season process and every the whole draft process essentially was all messed up. Um but if you are interested in the draft, let us know, man. Hit us up and say, hey Leo Hobby, who do you how do you feel about this player? Send us your mock drafts to at the Niners Nation podcast um Twitter account. Add us on there so we can talk about it, have a conversation about it. There's a lot of talent in this draft class. Leon O'Neal Jr. safety I really like. Eric Izukanma, wide receiver out of Texas Tech. Cole Strange, Marcus Jones, TJ Pledger, running back out of Utah. There's a lot of talent in this draft. Let us know what you guys think. Go ahead and share your mock drafts wherever you do it, PFF, PFN, wherever you want to do it. Post a picture, and let's talk about it. Um, I'm a big draft guy. Leo's a big draft guy. Stats and Levin and all the guys, they love the stuff too. So let us know. I think we'd appreciate all that. And maybe we can do a live interactive pod. And we all do a dra- mock draft with the fans. We can do that. Mm-hmm. I'm down for that. We did that last year. I like Leo. it. So, yep. let's do that. I like <clears throat> it. But it is Combine Week. If you aren't already following at Jordan Elliott, make sure you are following him at Splash underscore Cousin. Uh, he will be at the Combine. He will be bringing you a lot of uh, work from NinersNation.com. Check that stuff out. And, of course, check out all the guys, Stats, KP, Akash, everyone. Uh, there are some more shows the rest of this week. Um, but, Leo, as always, I appreciate you. Let the folks know where they can find you on Twitter. At LeoLuna93. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and dare I say TikTok now? Are you on TikTok? I'll be uploading soon, but I haven't oh done it Oh, my yet. God. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. I got inspired from last week's episode. Okay. So if you didn't hear last week's episode, chime in. <laughs> and then you can find me on Twitter at HobbyVake underscore. Make sure you're following everything at Niners Nation Podcast Network. And then, of course, everything at Niners Nation. Uh, Until next week, everyone stay safe. Please subscribe, rate, review. We appreciate that. Um, Until next Monday night, stay safe. Peace.